Well, good morning. If you're just joining us, we have been having a morning of inspiration and um, of uplifting. Um, we've had Father Bryce Lundgren. We've had Deacon Kyle Eller. And now, good morning. We are with Sister Idel Bott. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, Sister, you are a vocation director, and this uh, title was just recently granted to you. Is that correct? Correct. I started the position July 1st. July 1st. So you're only just getting broke in. Now, um, you know, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question right <laughs> off the bat. Do you, are you um, considered a a baby sister at this vocation directorness. Have you been a vocation director before? Um, I have not been a vocation director before. Um, I also work full time in a parish, and I am a social worker by trade. So, yes, this is my first go at vocation work. <laughs> sister Idell, um, though we know, I don't know if our listeners know, um, where are you a sister and how long have you been a sister and um, could you give us a little background on your journey of becoming a sister? Sure. I am a professed sister um, with the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation Monastery and we are located in Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, most people probably associate us with the University of Mary or St. Alexius Hospital and those are two institutions that we founded. Um, our monastery is located just south of the University of Mary. Um, I have been there eight years, and I made my final profession last summer. So I've been a final profess member for a year. Congratulations. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. So, so the turn to your monastery is 10 miles before the turn to my farm. And uh, as a young <laughs> priest... As a young priest, uh, I was out there and had Mass for the sisters on multiple occasions as I was the associate at the cathedral. You wouldn't have been there yet. That would have been in 2000 and 2001. But uh, how, how are things out there at the monastery and the beautiful view over the Missouri River? Um, you know, COVID is even affecting us. <laughs> so we have to limit... <laughs> Usually, Benedictines are known for hospitality, so it's been a little hard for us. Um, we can't accommodate guests like we could in the past, but the sisters are healthy and doing well, and it is a beautiful location. If you've never been there, once COVID is over, I encourage anybody that's curious to come and visit us. We overlook the River Valley and the city of Bismarck. It is quiet and peaceful and full of nature. It's just beautiful. That, that's a beautiful, um, beautiful picture that you're painting there for us. And it is, it's gorgeous. I, I, ever since I was a child and even in my adulthood, I completely enjoy coming out there. It's so serene. Now, sister, um, with that and mentioning that, um, and the hospitality. So you, you sisters out there usually have a camp, right? that you like to put on, and it's usually for the elementary, but you had mentioned to me um, when we were speaking that um, you'd like to kind of probably turn towards focusing on high schoolers too. Can, can you 
Correct. Grief so in the past, um, Sister Hannah, the former vocation director, has had a Joyful Spirit Day, which focuses on elementary girls. Um, they just come and spend a day with us, um, being with sisters, because most of them have never been around them. They don't know what our life is like. So they come out and spend the day. Um, obviously, we can't do it this year because of COVID, but it will be again next year. Um, so Sister Hannah will still be in charge of that. But I, myself, want to have a camp, and probably for a week-long time, um, with high school girls. And we would focus, you know, not necessarily from just Bismarck, but they would come and stay with us. Um, and I want to, like, go to the smaller towns in North Dakota, even eastern Montana. Anybody that's interested and just curious as to what our life is like. Yeah. And they can experience that sereneness. They'll it, they'll never be the same. Whoever comes, and um, I encourage uh, parents out there that uh, um, encourage your daughters to uh, go to this camp when it does get open because uh, it is a life changing experience. Now, sister, with that, um, you would like to help guide people with um, people meaning our female. Uh, sisters out there in a vocation, a vocation towards being wife, mother, single, or avowed religious. It it doesn't have to be looking just towards uh, being a religious. Can you you speak uh, about planting that seed and how that guidance would be? Sure. Um, As a vocation director, that's true. I look at myself as helping a person find whatever their vocation is. So, um, It's just helping people remember that God has created all of us for a purpose, and it's to really listen to God and figure out what purpose He's created us for. And that, as you said, some of us are created to be wives and mothers, and some of us are created to be religious sisters. And it's being open to whatever it is and listening to God. So... um, the same qualities that make us a good sister are the same qualities that make a person a good wife and mother, or just a good single person in general. So I really want to work with people to find, to help them listen to what God is calling them to be. And I don't think people often think, mm, am I being called a religious life anymore? Because it's not something that we just like openly discuss generally, or most families don't discuss that. So... I just want to plant a seed that maybe that is something that you're called to and um, try it out. I think you have to try, you know, if you're, if you've always thought that you wanted to be a sister since you were six years old, you're probably going to be a sister. But when you get to college and you meet a boy, it's good to possibly talk about that with him. Just discern. Maybe you just never thought about it and you don't want to go through life not really thinking hard about what God has called you to do. Yeah, that deep contemplation. And and I think that you have a gift and, and your other 40 sisters um, out there that um, <clears throat> they, that would be brought out in them to, to learn how to have that silence with God, to learn to listen. Because we, it's different than listening in the classroom, isn't it? It is. And, you know, when we're listening in the quiet, we also have to remember to distinguish the voices. 
whether it's the voice of God that we're hearing or if it's our voice, or is it the voice of the world that's telling you you have to be this way or to do this. So we create a space of, you know, I, I don't think people um, get the opportunity to experience violence like we do out there. Um, that's one of the things that we hear when people come. You, you would think that you would not be able to stand it. You would be so bored because you're not on your phone or whatever, but it is so enriching to not be distracted by things. We're just bombarded constantly with social media and text messages and things like that. And until you get rid of all those things for a while and quiet yourself, it's hard to distinguish those voices and what's God, what God is trying to tell you. Yes. You, it, that's absolutely correct, that dinging all the time. It's like a timer going off. On if you're wearing a eye watch or a whatever they're called, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't. Um, and uh, you know, I, I really, um, I don't know if you can talk on this for a moment, but when I was younger, um, uh, there was a time period where I felt called to uh, be in the convent or the monastery, um, but I did become engaged and married, and. However, I wish I would have taken even time when I was engaged to come and visit out at the monastery um, or visit a convent to see, to really discern. Um, Now, have you ever been called to have a family? Were were you called? You know, what was your discernment like? So when I was in college, my senior year of college, I was actually engaged to someone, but it just did not feel right. I would constantly ask myself, if this happens, are you going to be able to stay with this person? If this happens, it just did not seem right. And I did not want to commit to something that in the back of my mind, I couldn't like thoroughly be like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be with this one person. And I never felt that. So I knew it wasn't right for me because if I got married, I wasn't going to get divorced. And I didn't... Right, exactly. Um, but I never would have in a million years thought that I was being called to be a sister at that time until I met a sister and I found out that they're normal people and <laughs> I was called to that life. I like the fact that we share everything. I like the fact that I don't have money. I'm not attached to physical objects. My life is devoted to God and to my sisters, like working together for a common good to make the world better. That's what I'm called to. I think being a wife and mother is great if that's what you're called to. It just wasn't what I was called to. But I did entertain the idea because I needed to know that that's not for sure what I wanted. But I do encourage anybody, like, you think about marriage, well, think about religious life i just i don't think that we well number one girls aren't around sisters a lot anymore you don't have an opportunity to experience them like we're not as prolific as we used to be so i would just really encourage you have conversations with your children about religious life or priesthood have you ever thought about it would you ever want to go and visit a place like that it's a good, um, we have a lot of families that come and stay with us as well. So if, if you want your kids to be exposed to religious life, I encourage you, after COVID is over, mind you, to 
visit monasteries or, you know, just get to know us. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent, Sister. Um, certainly in the priesthood and seminary, uh, the, the, all the things you're talking about uh, are, are, are true, too. Um, and, and earlier you said that, uh, you know, you're prepared for whichever vocation and uh, the same qualities are present. Um, I, I was trying to find a way out of the seminary, and I kept coming my <laughs> spiritual director with, I'm really good with kids. I think I'd be a really good husband. Aren't these qualities of being married? And he said, oh, they could they could be. But do you want a priest that doesn't like kids and isn't good with kids? And I said, no. <laughs> do you want a priest that doesn't think he'd be faithful to his wife? I said, no. He goes, well, then there are qualities to be a good priest, too. And, and uh, I, I like telling kids, um, just tell God to make you want what he wants. And, and to take time and, and don't push things away right away when they show up. And where he wants you is where you'll be happiest. And right. so uh, very much what I hear you saying, maybe not in the same words, but uh, so much so. Uh, I love the saying of the seminary. Um, uh, a, a rector said, uh, we're here to form fathers, and some of you will actually be priests. <laughs> and, that is awesome. And so that... <laughs> yeah, so that every guy should spend some time at the seminary, if nothing else, to learn how to pray. And that would help them as biological fathers, as husbands, uh, you know, to be able to do that better. So um, we have a break coming up here, sister. Hang on, and we'll pick up with you after the... Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I guess you're not going to be on with us after the break. So we're we're at the end of our time. Oh, we didn't get to talk about seeking God. Oh, well. yeah. We'll yeah. have to have you on again, sister. Okay. Thank you so much. And I encourage anybody to go to our Facebook page or our website page, Annunciation Monastery in Bismarck, North Dakota, if they're curious and want to learn more. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, sister. It's great having you. Thank you. Take good, take good uh, care of your new pastor. Oh, yes. We will. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.